When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Now, here's Chris Plank. Oh, what a week. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. We've got a pretty easy show for you today. We're going to wrap things up with a huddle reloaded and some incredible perspective from Gay Biker, not only on the hiring of Brent Venables, but the Sooner staff and bowl season. Bowl season is here. We're counting down to the Alamo Bowl. So the huddle reloaded coming up with Gay Biker here in just a bit. And by the way, during what was kind of a tough time for us to truly get football content out, we appreciate you hanging with us here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Had a great month of November, and we're going to follow it up with a great month of December. Uh, if you have not yet, taking a, a second to download Sooner Sports Talk from Rudy's with Coach Venables and Coach Stoops. Please do it. It's fantastic. And the stories they share about Ted, well worth it. Plus, this signing day special will get you caught up on all the newest Sooners. So, with that in mind, today we kick things off with Brent Venables' signing day press conference as Coach BV looks at his 2022 class. All right. Good afternoon. Uh, appreciate everybody being here. It's finally uh, it's good to be off the road. Finally, take a deep breath. Um, we've been uh, 
We've, uh, we, we've covered a lot of uh, miles here uh, over the last uh, seven days in the recruiting trail. And um, we've got uh, just really exciting about the uh, 13 guys that we announced today that signed. Uh, we are waiting on a few other uh, uh, young men to, uh, to announce here in the next uh, 24 hours or so. I uh, feel terrific about uh, the group of young people uh, that we're, we're bringing in and their families think that they represent uh, the values, um, uh, you know, that, that we also value. We covered six states um, with this class of 13, uh, eight on offense and um, uh, five on defense and uh, or I'm sorry, seven on offense and six on defense. Uh, I got a, two lists here. Uh, maybe they, we got our fingers crossed for the, uh, the other ones, but uh, they're all high school, no, no uh, transfers uh, with this first group of guys. Again, uh, two, two D-line, two DBs, two linebackers, two OL, two receivers. Uh, got a running back, a quarterback, uh, just a, a group that, again, covers um, uh, every level at every position uh, outside of the uh, outside of, um, special, a specialty position. Um, we've had three uh, new additional commitments um, uh, since uh, we started uh, the week initially recruiting. And I uh, just feel uh, terrific about, again, as much as anything else, um, the type of people that they are. They fit, um, uh, again, our philosophy and, again, our locker room, the things that we, we value, uh, they value as well. So with that, I'll open it up uh, for, for questions. Okay, let's start with Eric Bailey. relationships with families during this process and, and and how tough was it being a 10-day stretch when you try to create those relationships to either keep a recruit on board or get a new one well again uh, recruiting always has been and always will be about about building relationships and trust uh, understanding of who each other are um, what I think it's a testament to keeping uh, uh, the vast majority of the class together um, from the since I've since the day I hit the ground running, there was a few decommitments prior to ever even getting a chance to get in front of them. Uh, but uh, the, the young people they got a chance to get in front of, what I think was very evident um, right away for me was that how good of a job the staff had done in, at creating uh, loyalty, uh, deep-seated relationships um, that kind of get you through a time like this. And I think that um, was a testament to them and their efforts um, the type of people uh, that we recruited initially in the first place, and um, and that gave us a chance, um, their willingness to, to to sit in front of me and uh, to hear my vision of the program um, and how they fit in, whether or not it would be a you know a, a great a relationship moving forward. So um, it's not an easy process as you can imagine. Um, you get a lot of arms crossed when you walk in uh, right away and. Uh, they, they've, they've heard it all. They want you to be about it. And um, so, um, again, I just try to be as transparent, honest, upfront, and authentic uh, on the front end. As I said before, um, you know, there'll be no de recruiting. Um, the people that use that term, de recruiting, is just really means that you're not being genuine and uh, honest, you know, upfront in the recruiting process. So, uh, we've got a, you know, a tremendous product to, to sell. It's exciting for me, it's easy. Uh, I am passionate about Oklahoma, Oklahoma football, uh, the tradition, the excellence. Uh, I understand deeply what that looks like. And uh, so I think that comes across uh, in the living room, you know, of, uh, 
you know, in front of these prospects and their families. Okay, let's go to uh, Ryan Aber on the left. Uh, you talked about building relationships. Obviously, you had recruited uh, for, for Clemson uh, prior to this. What, what was your philosophy uh, when it came to some of those guys? Because uh, you know, after after you left, we saw some kids decommit from from Clemson. Did you, did you pursue any of those guys or talk to them, or did you have something set where you, know, you weren't going to? Uh, uh, pursue those guys that you'd recruited at Clemson? Well, after I'd initially been uh, contacted, I did hit the road recruiting with every intention of, of being the defensive coordinator at Clemson, um, but trying to be up, up front and honest, um, uh, you know, in regards to my interest and, uh, you know, some of the communication that had taken place. I think that's just the way you do things, just try to be up front and honest. Uh, to me, uh, Clemson's an easy sell. That's what I tried to do. There's so many. Uh, reasons we don't have time in this press conference to talk about what makes that place so great. Taking me out of the equation um, is what I'm talking about and what makes it so great. And uh, so that was easy for me. I'm again, every bit is invested there at the time, uh, you know, in, in Clemson University and Coach Sweeney, uh, you know, how good he's been to, to me and, and our family. So I felt it was the very least that I could do to try to continue to um, help. Uh, you know, Clemson through that through that time, and again the speculation. It's important for me to get in front of them and continue uh, in support of again both uh, you know their their opportunity there um, and again their future there. Uh, you know, so what was it like? You know, you know for me, it's there was a few decommitments that that was hurtful for me. Um, you know, I know one. Uh, the need that they have for those young guys. The, Clemson doesn't just keep recruiting when they get a commitment. Some places just keep recruiting. If they can get a better guy, they'll just address it down the road. They might have to tell a guy, hey, we don't have a spot for you, uh, and, and, and guys are left without scholarships. And that's not how you know, Coach Sweeney handles his business. So uh, you know, you know, the, by being upfront and honest and, and doing things the right way, sometimes that can hurt you in this, in this game. But uh, overall, it'll serve you well. But, um, and again, that's that's really uh, you know uh, kind of how it went down uh, over the last week there uh, with them. And, and uh, I've even spoke to a few guys after they decommitted to just to say, hey, you need to rethink this and just try to help them, you know, and just to hopefully be another source that could um, bring a little clarity in a very difficult process for for both the prospects and for you know the universities. Um, I've not uh, tried to continue to quote unquote recruit guys. Um, I got my relationship uh, with Coach uh, Sweeney um, goes uh, so much further than than the football field. He's family to me. Um, uh, the, the the rest of the staff there is family to me, and and so again I've got incredible respect and appreciation and thankfulness. Of, and again, just trying to do things the right way. In, uh, in, in this profession, the pressure uh, to win and to get players, um, I think people lose their way. And for me, that's been always been an easy um, philosophy and value uh, system to have is, is just to do what's right. And so I've tried to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, right side, Jason Kersey. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about Kobe McKenzie, kid who I think was OU's first commitment for this class and then decommitted and committed to Texas, and then you guys had to work to – can you kind of take us through what the, the recruitment of him was like since you've been hired and how that all came together? Yeah, um, first of all, Kobe's just incredibly uh, bright young guy, just um, 
got a lot of life to him, huge personality. He's a relationship-driven uh, young guy, got a, a wonderful family, just a terrific story, and, um, it, you know, has had as much loyalty to this program and has been committed for close to two years. And, uh, hey, I, I, as I told each and every prospect that I sat in front of, I don't blame you to, you know, want to, hey, let me, let me, let me reevaluate this situation. Um, you know, there's a lot of emotions that happen. We talked um, a week ago about, um, you know, how a 17-year-old thinks sometimes compared to a, a, a 25, 30, 40-year-old person thinks. And uh, so young, sometimes those young people um, can let the emotions uh, get to them. And uh, so that happens sometimes. But, uh, you know, what I appreciate about Kobe was his willingness to continue to be open to, all right, let me hear you out. And he's done his homework. He's, he's done more homework than most prospects just in regards to knowing your background, um, just intimately detailed knowing the background. He'd jump on YouTube. He's watching everything from press conferences to schemes to knowing uh, former players at uh, multiple institutions. So he really he did a nice job with his homework, but he still had his guard up. Uh, and so we got him on campus this last weekend and really try to uh, bridge that gap from a relationship standpoint and, and what his opportunities uh, here would be. And, uh, and, you know, what I can, again, appreciate, he was just open to it. Um, and uh, we watched a bunch of football together and uh, talked about life and what he wanted to achieve in his life and just all the normal things that you do when you're trying to develop relationships and the trust that goes along with that. And, uh, and I say more than anything else, Coach Stoops and Coach Gundy and uh, the rest of the staff and, and, and our players, uh, current players here at Oklahoma, uh, we're, we're, we're the driving force behind um, ultimately him, to me, making the, the decision to, that this is where he wanted to spend his collegiate career. Um, without that foundation, um, that level of comfort, that level of trust, this wouldn't have, um, this wouldn't have happened and wouldn't have materialized. So just really thankful for him. Uh, you know, if you're going to build a great defense, it starts up the middle, uh, you know, inside, up front. Uh, and at middle backer and with your safeties, you got to be really strong up that middle. And, and uh, he get his presence... His size, his strength, his power, his physicality gives us a chance for, for exactly that. Mm -hmm. We'll stay on this side, Boppers Billow. Yeah, uh, Brent, you mentioned Kobe. We're talking about the entire weekend between Jaden, Nick, Alton. Just the vibe that, that was on campus and what that was like for you and those four committing on Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, no, it was, uh, we had a wonderful weekend. Um, obviously, we got on Nick and uh, Jaden uh, and uh, Alton a little bit later. And uh, things happen fit quickly, uh, really fast, as we know in this in this profession. Certainly in the recruiting world, things can flip uh, in a minute. And I thought Jeff Levy and the offensive coaches did a wonderful job of of already having previous relationships. Uh, there was a level of comfort and trust through um, through those relationships with Jaden uh, and Nick both, and uh, you know the familiarity um, uh, and closeness of uh, of you know the University of Oklahoma to. Uh, to where uh, Flower Mound is located, um, also boded well for us. But um, you know, the, there's a deep f friendship between uh, Jaden and Nick um, that uh, uh, they're so you know they were able to really kind of help each other through that process. But their their families are just amazing. Uh, Miss Kimberly, Monica, uh, Derek, um, Nick's dad, they were they were just awesome. Uh, Jaden's father, um, we FaceTimed him in, and we're able to. Uh, connect that way. They had, a, I think, their family was split up. His little sister had a basketball game, so Jaden's father wasn't able to make it. 
Uh, but you know, luckily for us, they're looking for the right things. Again, family, connectivity, genuine, deep relationships. Uh, they're looking for a place that um, certainly has had a you know great level of success, consistency. Uh, you know everything that we do here from an educational standpoint to support our players. Uh, they're just you know really value the same things that we do, and so I think they immediately saw that. Uh, and again, I thought our staff did a just did an amazing job. Our recruiting staff and and, and all of our coaches that were here, at uh, you know just being who we are and uh, and it and it really being a, an easy fit uh, for both sides. Um, uh, At uh, was um, was somebody that uh, we had known previously, uh, had not um, really weren't uh, in the middle of recruiting him. And, uh, but we had had a relationship, have recruited uh, you know, Deerfield Beach and uh, their school for a very, very long time. Coach Glenn just does an amazing job. He's about the right stuff. His kids that, that come out of there are going to be uh, you know, college ready from a, a mental standpoint, a toughness standpoint, a work ethic standpoint, an accountability standpoint. And uh, you know, his mother is just, uh, she's just amazing. Um, the things that she's had to overcome, them as a family, lost his father. and. A grandparent recently and things that they've had to go through great story um, but just a tremendous young man of um, uh, simplicity but physical toughness on the field and about all the right things from a work ethic and academic standpoint so those are three good ones uh, that you know we just um, started a, a relationship with the you know with Oklahoma and uh, so again fortunately they were looking for the right things and things aligned for for all of us okay second row Jesse Crittenden with this being the first early signing period with, with NIL, I'm just curious, how much did that come up in your conversations the last couple of weeks? Just what impact did that have on the process? Um, I would, it was probably uh, smaller rather than uh, a big part. Um, it's something that we were on the out in front of that we'd like to address in the things that we're doing from an educational standpoint and facilitating that process. And again, maybe where it's even going in the future. So um, it is something that I think um, you have to have a plan for, and we certainly do. And uh, but it's typically with the right guys, that's not that's not one of the first, second, or third things that's discussed. And if that's one of the, the first or second things, I think you got to you know you have to be cautious, you know, moving forward. But uh, I think that uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, making a little short-term cash, uh, and I think that's a that's there's there can be a lot of good in that. I do think that you have to look at you know the long-term investment opportunities and investment on return from an education and uh, and a development standpoint that's really going to have more generational change than a little short-term money. But there's nothing wrong with those opportunities. It's there's the landscape that we have and one that we need to promote and it needs to be an advantage for us. Okay, third row in the aisle, Dean Blevins. Yeah. Brent, I'm curious about how you're how you will approach the second signing period in February. <clears throat> you know, the one kid, a top, a top recruit, uh, committed is holding off, and I'm sure there are others like him all around the country. Um, how will you attack February, the numbers-wise, et cetera? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm I'm really excited um, uh, about what's in ahead of us the next uh, really two months. Um, one, what I know, this is a developmental game, and some of the best players in high school maybe weren't some of the top guys as sophomores and juniors. And uh, these are guys that, um, and again, Coach uh, Stoops alluded it last night on, on the radio show, our first class, our first staff meeting, our first full staff meeting with everybody was January the 4th, and so we're scrapping together for three weeks 
uh, what we hope to be a good class and uh, is a generational type class, whether it's Josh Heupel or Torrance Marshall, two stalwarts on both sides of the ball, or the Derek Strait who wins a Thorpe, or Brandon Everidge is a multi-year All-American, Quentin Griffin that wasn't even a starter on his own high school football team. Uh, Antoine Savages of the world, and I'll probably you know remiss on uh, you know a few other guys, but those are some 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 tremendous names, guys that again uh, developed late. I use a guy even uh, a little more recent, but it's still uh, back in the day. It was a guy like a Jeremy Beal. I remember we had, Coach Stoops and I were recruiting a big time in state five star. Everybody wanted him. Uh, uh, recruit. It was you know he was a hot shot. He was the next best thing and. And uh, he's kind of jacking us around a little bit and uh, holding us hostage. And uh, we had a, a coach, Paul Ressa, uh, at his high school that had brought him to camp and did not perform particularly well or test well at camp, not a test guy. And uh, he says, hey, I, you know, my, my guy, Jeremy Beal, uh, he, he had a terrific year. He's a first team all district. He's all state. Man, he had a great year. Would you mind looking at him and just tell me where you think I should, you know, what level I need to call on him. So Coach Stoops and I, we threw him in, and we're like, holy cow. And Coach Stoops, look, he goes, can we get him? And I'm like, hey, let's go. So uh, we, rec- uh, we, we went after him, and we didn't have to beat many people. Everybody just had their reservations, you know, didn't have a great 40 time. He didn't have great length. He's kind of a tweener between Mike Backer and defensive end. And, and we all know, uh, well, most of us um, know, know how that story went. Redshirt and then was a four-year starter, a captain, an All-American Big 12 Player of the Year, was was drafted even though he didn't have the, the NFL measurables. He's a 5'240 that played like he was 4'6", heavy-handed, explosive, disruptive, instinctive, and about his business. A great example uh, for what we want all of our Sooners to look like. So. That's a guy that within just the last couple of weeks, those are the type of guys that are there if we're willing to be patient and, and find them. Uh, and um, so I think that's, that's one reason why I'm excited because they're, they're there. Uh, some of them we've already identified. Um, you know, uh, we'll probably in all likelihood we'll have a few guys that we, we feel like even are in this class, uh, the mid-years that – um, in the next 24 hours, we'll be announcing. So we can't talk about them right now to add to this class here. But uh, you know, we've got um, tremendous um, numbers to continue to build our roster and, and uh, uh, meet our needs. There's a, a number of positions on the team that, uh, through attrition and, and some of the things that have taken place, they, you know, they, they need to be addressed uh, sooner rather than later. So uh, we are certainly um, looking at um, transfer options. Uh, we've spoken to a few already and trying to vet, vet those guys. And uh, the biggest thing is trying to, again, bring value to our locker room, certainly um, meet the needs that we have from a, a functional standpoint um, where maybe experience lacks uh, or playmaking lacks. But uh, it's very important that, um, that we do a great job of vetting, still doing a great job of vetting the type of people that we're bringing into that locker room uh, because we you know, trying to build a culture and protect the culture. Uh, continue to enhance the culture. It starts with uh, making good decisions with those people. Left side, Barry Trammell. You've spent whirlwind 10 days recruiting. Well, the way college football is today, you got to recruit your own players all the time. You spend any time with sort of getting the, your new team solidified and, and settled, and particularly, of course, Caleb Williams. Yeah, that's a great, that's a, again, a great point. Um, that was as, as, as important as anything that, that uh, we did when we started was um, reaching out, uh, extending a hand to them. 
in the, within the first few days. Um, that's exactly what we did. Um, certainly we had a team meeting, um, had a Zoom meeting with them, and then had an opportunity to um, invite them uh, individually. I certainly haven't hit every single one of them, but well over half of them have been through the office one-on-one. -on -one. A couple of times uh, we brought a, a couple of guys in at a time uh, and really just trying to um, be transparent and honest. Again, make sure they understand the vision, uh, you know, what we want for them, and uh, but trying to get to, to know them too, um, find out what – you know, what are the things that we can do, what I can do uh, to um, make this place better, whether that's a day-to-day -day or a big picture. Um, really just trying to, more than anything else, let them know that I'm here for them. Our staff is here for them. Uh, you do have to recruit that locker room. I think that's the most important place, uh, and, and it's, that won't stop. It's not like, well, that's the first week of a new coach deal. That's, a, that's an everyday deal that you continue to recruit them. Uh, nobody's more important than the guys that are in that locker room and making sure that they have what they need, the resources uh, to have the kind of experience that they deserve from an educational uh, and a holistic standpoint. Uh, they deserve our best. And uh, so the, that's the best relationships. That's the best uh, connection. That's the best resources in the classroom and certainly uh, on the field, uh, nutrition, all of those things. So really trying to find out what we need, what they need, um, and again, making sure that as a staff, we're doing a great job. Uh, again, um, uh, continue to enhance those relationships that we have in that locker room. And Caleb's been great. Had multiple conversations with him. Looked fantastic. I had as much fun as anything that I've done in a long time. Maybe that last shutout we had against South Carolina, we, we, uh, we got after them pretty good against the rival. That's always good. I probably had more fun uh, watching these guys uh, practice and compete uh, you know, just have some joy, um, have some normalcy, do what they love to do, um, have them opportunity to, to take a step forward uh, as they continue to, um, uh, again, get ready uh, for uh, Oregon in our bowl game. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, he was really, really good. He was really sharp. And, uh, but we looked great. That was a lot of fun. But uh, Caleb has been great, and he's had an um, opportunity to – to get around our offensive staff uh, quite a bit here as well, and uh, in front of Coach Lebby, and uh, as they uh, as they uh, you know move forward. James Hale. You know, uh, Brent, uh, uh, it seems like you know the NIL is being misused in some things on and in a disadvantaged way with some schools. You know, talking about you're going to make X amount of dollars if you come to the school and things like that. I know that's not Oklahoma's way, but that you're, some of your rivals have done that and you lost a couple of recruiting battles because of it. Your thoughts on the NIL and how it should be used during especially the signing day and through the recruiting process and uh, what do you think about some of the things that's happened over the last couple of years? You know, I'll be honest. Um, I believe that you need to use it uh, to your advantage um, in, in every way that you, you possibly can uh, within the rules. Um, but. That shouldn't be the, 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 the focus, again, of your program. And uh, we're, we, we want to attract players and families that are looking for all of it. And, again, the holistic piece. In my experience, and uh, Coach Stoops would be the first to tell you, too, when the focus is all on just ball and now just the short-term money, um, and, again, I'm not – everybody has their different situations. You know, families have their different situations. Uh, institutions do. Uh, but if that's where all the focus is, then maybe maybe those values don't align. We want to be able to provide um, in an advantageous way opportunities for our guys 
to um, enhance all those opportunities, um, all within the rules. Uh, and so I think we got to do a good job of knowing what are those, because I think there's some creativity uh, that you see it's going across college football. And so um, my hope is that um, we all continue to stay in the front of it from, a, from an educational standpoint, uh, the do's and the don'ts, and continue to learn more and more about it. And I think the NCAA is learning more and more about it too, to be quite honest. I think a, a year from now we're going to be in a much different place. We don't know which way that's going to go. Um, but I'm all for, for players um, that have the opportunity. They have the, the, the brand, if you will. They have the stage. They have those opportunities to, um, uh, again, create maybe a short-term better quality of life for, for both them or, and or their families. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with that. But at the end of the day, I don't think – if that's the decision maker, um, if that's um, what you know breaks the camel's back, uh, so to speak, it is what it is. There's plenty of great players that, that stand for, for the things that we value the most, education, uh, holistic development, opportunity to be successful, being a, in a winning locker room, in a winning environment, to be challenged in every part of their life. If that's all their focus is, you know, you know more power to them. I just think there's so many uh, good ones out there that, um, yeah, that might be part of uh, their equation, but that's not uh, one of their top couple of priorities. Come back to this side, John Hoover. Uh, a little more about Nick Evers. Um, the way Lincoln had recruited it, it, it was playing out every other year, odd numbered years. He was getting a really high profile quarterback. Uh, it seemed like there was less emphasis on the 22 class in, at that position. Can you kind of describe the, I don't know if it's chaotic nature of you and Jeff Levy putting your heads together trying to find that 2022 quarterback? Can you kind of describe that layout, what, what all happened there? Yeah, I, I you know, obviously. It leaned on him from all right, who is the guy and why is he the guy um, it was important to me um, and making sure that we find the right kind of guy that um, again had uh, maybe some maturity to him uh, you know had a really good support system that's going to help him navigate you know his journey uh, you know have some level-headedness knowing that what you are as a freshman is going to look a lot different than what you're going to look like uh, in three or four years just like when he was a freshman in high school and he's 13 or 14 years old, it looked a lot different than he was when he left at 18. There's a, there's a natural maturation that's going to take place, whether it be knowledge, uh, maturity, um, decision-making, physicality, uh, skill. All those things are developed. And uh, so finding the right guy that fit there too, not just a talented a player that could come in and help us be a quality uh, you know, player at that position. I think looking for the you know, totality, um, you know, being the, the, the total package, and man, did he find one. Uh, they're amazing people. The more that you all are uh, uh, able to be around them and their family, the more you're going you're gonna to see, uh, you, know, the, uh, you know, what we're talking about. Um, you know, obviously, I, don't, I really don't know how we got to that point. I do know whether it's um, uh, Chandler Morse was here. Um, and him leaving uh, kind of helped create a void as well. Uh, and certainly um, a quarterback that went to uh, South Carolina uh, did as well. So um, I thought that uh, uh, Jeff and the staff did a great job at identifying um, not only a, a very talented one, but a, a great one when it comes to um, the, the, the total package. Uh, and uh, so they leaned on me just a little bit to, to, to bless, you know, uh, have their blessing have my blessing for you know who it was, but uh, 
immediately after a visit with him and his family. Just tremendous humility, incredibly talented, but tremendous, tremendous ability, uh, humility, uh, character, education. And his dad's a Harvard grad, a recent Harvard grad, the real brains of the operation is Mama, uh, Miss Monica, and uh, just a wonderful family. Uh, he has tremendous discipline. He's a natural leader. Um, he's connected from coast to coast. Kids love him, uh, easy to follow, and uh, just a great athlete. And he's just scratching the surface. He's got length. He's got speed. He's got arm talent, uh, a very accurate player, and uh, everything's still sitting in front of him. Mm -hmm. yeah, we only have time for a couple more. Uh, Myron Patton on the left. Yeah, you just got here, so this is a situation where you're probably not familiar with the talent and everything else. but. How much did you lean on your, your current staff that's here about needs for the class? And then what do you hope to add, either guys you're waiting on or into February uh, as far as signing? What would you like to add? Yeah, so, um, yeah, we certainly leaned on the uh, current staff and really looking at um, – we we've done every – we've peeled that onion back, uh, tried to see academically, you know, where we stand academically, um, looked at total snaps of everybody that's played, uh, so, you know, it's one thing to say really looking at where the experience lies and where you lack. Uh, certainly, you know, they're um, bringing guys in uh, in the office one-on-one. -on -one. You could ask them, you know, be very candid with them about their intentions moving forward. You have some guys that have COVID opportunities. Managing that is a whole other animal uh, because of the, the flexibility that there is. And at the, at the end of the day, you got 85 is your number. They're because of the portal, they're allowing you a little bit of play there. Um, we'll see how that goes. But the COVID um, uh, options are very real and something that um, we have to evaluate. And uh, but uh, So there's a lot to, other than, uh, which is another important piece, their ability, uh, their playmaking ability, you know, if they've been a consistent player and experience and things of that nature. So the staff was terrific that way and, and uh, support staff finding some of those numbers that we're looking for. Uh, you know, looking at options, whether we take a high school guy, what's available, or if there's some um, potential portal guys. So we've really we've we've scaled it all back. Um, you know, lines of scrimmage are always incredibly important. Um, you as you, we build our program and meeting those needs, and then there's a few positions uh, that you're still looking to to um, uh, to add to, whether that's in the back end, uh, the back seven. Uh, there's some opportunities there, maybe another couple of guys up front. Uh, maybe outside as opposed to inside, or maybe a little bit of both. Uh, still looking at offensive line, tight end, uh, potentially finding the right one there, and uh, and maybe a skill guy uh, or two. So I just covered about every position. Uh, so you know, with all comers, uh, we're looking for football players and guys that bring value. And um, as we sort this out anymore, you know, you used to say, well, okay, let's recruit to a number, and you still have to do that. But you have to be mindful of the fluidity with the way the rules are. Somebody can pick up. You thought you had them yesterday, and you turn around, and they're gone. And uh, so that is what it is. And so everybody's in the same boat. I like that, that the rules are the same for everybody, and uh, the issues are real for everybody. I think our problems pale in comparison to most places. And uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll take ours over everybody else, and I think that's a testament to uh, Coach Riley, Coach Stoops, and the staff. Uh, the stability that we truly do have. And again, there's a few positions that we, we would like to be a little more uh, st uh, strongly fortified, and uh, if you will. And uh, so we'll work hard at doing exactly that. Okay, I'm sorry. Last one, we'll go to Parker Thune on the aisle. Yeah, Coach, uh, we'd be curious to hear your thoughts on the value of peer-to-peer -peer 
relationships and recruiting efforts because, you know, as you mentioned uh, earlier and touched on, you step into a situation where uh, you're announced as the head coach nine days before National Signing Day. And I just would love to hear what kind of benefit it is to the program and how it increases the overall sense of buying when you have local guys like Robert Spears Jennings and Jacob Sexton or even a guy from way out of state like Jake Taylor who are vocally reaffirming their commitment to Oklahoma as an institution, but also actively recruiting their peers as well. Yeah, I think that that, uh, and, and again, another good point, that you're recruiting leaders, you know, trying to identify the best leaders uh, on, on, you know, as you go out and recruit. I think leadership is a very um, tangible thing that um, enhances the value of your team. Uh, and so I think that what you see is some of that natural leadership ability. Okay, now I've got this platform. I've made this commitment. I, I understand the value of, you know, players recruit players. And uh, that's, we're a player-driven program, uh, not, not a player-run program, but a player-driven program. And that's what happens. You know, uh, people of excellence attract people of excellence. Good players attract good players. And so making sure that you have the right kind of uh, networking. Again, uh, Nick and Jaden were two prime examples. Uh, Nick had a little bit more familiarity uh, than Jaden, um, but uh, uh, I think there was a lot of trust between one another uh, as they've gone on the uh, recruiting trail and all of the um, uh, competitive things that they do, whether it's the opening and things of that nature, that they've really uh, befriended one another and their parents. That, that helps um, as they, as they you know, choose their path. So. Um, having our players recruit for our program, former players, that, that all really enhances the brand, and, and uh, I think it it's a, sends a statement. You know, the, the, for example, again, Coach Stoops is revered, you know, uh, by all of his former players, and uh, what I love is their their willingness to to speak about that, and uh, his willingness to be here. I think says says a lot too. Him, uh, you know, uh, taking one for the team and uh, uh, as a leader. And uh, jumping back on board says a lot. I think that that says a lot to parents and families, certainly recruits, that uh, you know Oklahoma is, is in great hands. And uh, that doesn't happen if if uh, young people or again coaches have had a, a, a bad uh, breakup. And um, so I think again it's incredibly important um, that our guys continue to lead, and we've encouraged that. You know, you, you can't just be about you. It's got to be about you know your class, and it can't just be about your class. You need to recruit the the next class. You got to have a, you're going to have a championship culture and a chance to make a run. I mean, it's you got to you got to do it with back to back to back classes. And every year, you you guys got to do a great job of helping us stay out of harm's way. Like, nah, this guy, you know, I've been around him. I, we, we need to maybe move on from him. And that literally happens, uh, and has happened virtually every year I've, I've I've been a coach. And then as soon as Coach Venables wrapped up talking with the media, Bob Stoops sat down and talked a little bit about some Cruton, a lot about Brent Venables, and a lot about the Alamo Bowl. Quick remark before we take uh, questions. Yeah, I guess real quick. Um, uh, again, uh, just I guess you guys all, every time you see Brent in front of you, you realize why I'm and everybody so excited about what Brent brings, all the enthusiasm, the energy, the toughness. I love the experience uh, from Kansas State building that program to us here at OU, building the program back to what they've done at Clemson the last 10 years. He brings a wealth of experience. And I love the fact that what they've been doing at Clemson is different than what we're doing here. So I think he brings some great new ideas and, and thoughts and ways to run the program and what you need to do to get us from being that, you know, 11 and two, 10 and two, team that's number five in the country to 15 somewhere in there maybe this is what 
you know, gets us in these next few years over the hump to be that, you know, be that national champion and in the playoffs all the time. I know we've been in a good bit, but I think this can help us even more. He has that background to get it done. Uh, I was more than happy to jump in uh, 10 days ago or whenever it was two weeks ago to, to go out and visit with eight or nine guys. And uh, I, I was amazed at the quality. I don't know why I'd be amazed, maybe because I've been out of it for five years recruiting. The quality of young men that we've got coming in this program is absolutely incredible and, and great families around them. So that was really fun. And, and for the most part, most all those guys held tight and, and, and stayed with us. And, and that's the power of Oklahoma, which I preached about back then as well, that just give it a little bit of time. There's a lot of great football coaches out there that really fit this program. And I think we found the absolute best one. So um, from there, I guess the practice everyone's asking, we, we've only had one practice because of uh, everybody was gone recruiting that week. We got back on the weekend. We had a practice just to stretch their legs out, let them. That's what they love to do, play ball, get out there, have some excitement. They had a ton of enthusiasm, had a great practice. And now they're in finals this week. So we, you, you don't want to spend too much of their time away from just studying and doing their finals. So we'll have a, a, a quick morning practice tomorrow to, again, just stretch their legs out, not occupy much of their time, just to get out there and throw the ball around. And then Friday, we only have a couple finals left. We'll start our bowl prep with a type of a Monday practice. So we'll go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Friday through Thursday practice like we would a game week, then give them a few days off, reconvene back here uh, for a morning practice on the 24th. Christmas Eve and then fly down. That would be a Monday practice and then fly to San Antonio that afternoon to start our Alamo Bowl uh, events and whatever we need to do. So uh, that's kind of the schedule. That's where things have been. And uh, I guess I'll open it up for questions. Okay, let's go to Jason Kersey. Yeah, Bob, in terms of the staff for the, for the bowl game, I, I think you said last night that Coach Odom will, will call the defense. Yeah. Are, 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 are a bunch of those guys that maybe won't be part of the staff moving forward going to be sticking around for the bowl? Well, I'll, I'll go through that. I should have done that. Uh, yes, um, I really appreciate uh, Calvin Thibodeau, Brian Odom, and Jamar Kane came back to help our guys finish. And uh, they've been in the office working on game plan. They want to finish this with a win and, and help our players get an opportunity to win. So appreciate that. And, uh, and Brian Odom will be the one to put it together. He kind of is the front and the back. Uh, along with uh, Will Johnson, one of our grad assistants that's been here with, you know, for the last four or five years, knows our system inside and out, you know, along with those guys, he, he will help in the secondary. Coach Gundy will call the offense. Um, of course, he and Coach Biedenbow are co-offensive coordinators. They'll put the pass and the run together. Uh, Joe John Finley's in his same position. Coach Biedenbow is, DeMarco Murray is. Um, Connor McQueen, uh, one of our young assistants that was off the field, will help in the offensive room. And um, Ty Darlington will coach the quarterbacks. He's been in Coach Riley's room every day for the last two years. So, um, you know, he, he understands how that all goes. Um, Ryan Doherty, our, who's uh, been one of our uh, graduate assistants, will be elevated to special team coordinator uh, with 
you know, help from like Joe John Finley uh, has always done our punt return. So he'll have the assistance of everyone like we always have. Austin Woods will step up with the defensive side of the ball as well. He's worked with our defensive line, um, you know, for the last couple of years. Does a great job. Um, and then other, uh, Parker Henry uh, will help on defense, safety and nickel, Clayton Woods on offense. These are grad assistants. And uh, they, they also will jump in, in in certain roles. OK, let's go to John Shin on the far right. Yeah, Bob, some of the things have kind of changed in the last five years. I don't know how big opt-outs were you know, in 2016. You, I, there's about four of them so far. Have you, it, is everybody else committed to playing in this game? This so year? far, that's, that's the way it's been, yes. That our guys have been at practice. They've been at lifting and running other than the few you know about. And uh, so hopefully it remains that way. There's, there's, there's value in finishing, uh, not only for the program, for your teammates, for yourself. I, I, don't, I, I understand maybe if you're not in the top tier bowl game and you're a top five, 10, 15 pick, I, you know, I, I, can, I can somewhat see that. A lot of these guys aren't. And the bottom line is you can improve your draft stock. This is gonna be the deepest draft there's ever been because of COVID and all. So that being said, you got any opportunity to improve, you know, and show on tape the quality of play and the quality of player you are, I think it helps you. And, uh, and, and it also tells something to the people drafting you how much you value playing and winning. And, and, and when you don't, it, it, if you think it doesn't matter to them, it does. Let's go uh, left side, Barry Trammell. Yeah, Bob, when, when all this first happened, one of the big consternations among people was what's going to happen with Caleb Williams? He seems to be all in. Is it your full expectation that he's, he's going to be here and be Brent's quarterback next year? That wouldn't be fair for me to say. Uh, you know, I'm sure Caleb and his family are, are continuing to evaluate everything, and there will be more discussions with, you know, Coach Venables, Coach Levy, and, and on and on, what's our offensive vision. And, and he's getting that, some of that already, you know, and I think that's been positive. Communication's been positive, but I'm not going to speak to where it's at. That wouldn't be right for me to do. Um, you know, um, the last couple weeks here, he's been an incredible player for OU, a great teammate. He's been out hustling, been at all his workouts. Has been was like Coach Venable said, he lit it up on Saturday in our team sessions, and and Pascal sessions. He he had a great day out there. So it seems like he's. You know, it's feeling positive the way things so far have been moving. But again, I'm not going to speak for he or his family on, on where that is. Okay, right side, Bob Prisbillo. Yeah, Bob, what was it like doing those, in, those in-home visits again? Was it any different from four or five years ago? No, it's, it's easy, in my opinion, as kind of like Coach Venables is. We got a, said, we got a great product to sell. I love meeting people, getting to know people, getting to know these young players. What's neat for me is now so many of them are coming, I'll have a closer relationship with them having already been in their homes. Uh, you know, it was great. I mean, I've just, you know, so many of just quick to smile and laugh and, and parents were fantastic. So uh, I went into it thinking, geez, these guys were still in grade school when I left. So they're not even going to know who I am. And I found out that wasn't the case. So fortunately, yeah. James Hale. A chance to coach Drake, and uh, you know that wasn't going to happen until this came up. Now it has. How much of a joy is that for you? And 
What about Drake? Uh, is he ready to go? Well, it's great. Um, he's had a groin injury the last two weeks, but he's recovered from it. He had a great day out there, had some of Caleb's great throws, he, you know, the other day, and he's back working at full speed. So, yeah, it'll be great to be out there with him. And my son Isaac is a student coach. So it was fun being out there on the field with them Saturday, uh, Saturday for our practice. And, uh, but I don't, I don't take too much personal to me. Once I'm out there, it'll be about getting our team to be their best and, you know, having a, you know, trying to motivate everybody. Third row, Chandler Engelbrecht. When you step away from the game, was that something you knew you were going to miss? So, you know, that you, you walk away from that opportunity to visit the players that come to the program? Yeah, I, I miss uh, being in the home and visiting new, you know, people and getting to know them. Do I miss all the travel? No. So, so there's give and take. You know, I love it once I'm there and getting to know people and uh, their backgrounds, their history. It's great. And and selling Oklahoma is easy. So, um, you know, but anyway, so it was great to be able to do it. You know, there for a week. John Hoover. Could just elaborate on uh, your relationship with with Caleb Caleb Williams. Uh, just you know how you've gotten to know him as a, as a, the interim coach, I guess, and he's the quarterback kind of thing. Yeah. It's, well, again, we've only had one practice, so I, I haven't had a, a ton of time to be around Caleb. I I've been to practices over the past year, and we've had a chance casually to say hi and how you doing and all and to you know to start somewhere. And we've we've talked. I had him. You know, obviously, the day or the day after this all transpired with Lincoln leaving, past, moving on, that we sat and talked for a while, and he was great, uh, strong, great young man. So, it, but you know, we have we had a ton of time to build some kind of great relationship. That that hasn't happened. I'm, I you know, I I sure hope he'll be here, you know, for for a, a long time, and I'll be able to do that the more time goes on, and and even in these practices coming up, you know, I look forward to the opportunity to be being around them more and, and getting to engage with them more. Parker Thune. Yeah, Coach. Um, curious uh, about just how, you know, heading into the bowl game and recruiting the way that you have. Um, how much of a, I guess, shock was that to have to step into that inter, interim role kind of immediately there, and then the next day you're already out making in-home visits? What, like, how much preparation went into that? And Yeah, about an hour, I mean. <laughs> I had about 45 minutes to get from the golf course to the stadium for a team meeting. So that's okay. You don't, you don't forget, you know, what matters to players, what matters to parents recruiting, what matters, you know, what, what are the, you know, what are the bullet point incredible pluses about being at Oklahoma? There's so many. So, you know, it, it, it was, though it was, you know, immediate and happened so fast, I, I was prepared for it. Thing there, uh, you're obviously losing three starting defensive linemen uh, that have opted out and intend to enter the NFL draft. Do you have any idea what your starting defensive line will look like? Not yet, you know. But we looked good the other day, Saturday, running around with everybody, and I, I would imagine it'll be all of them, which will be fun, great to see uh, guys getting more opportunities in bigger moments and see how they can perform. Back to Jason Kersey. Yeah, Bob. I wanted to go back. I'm just curious, what was Brent like? as a recruit, as a player at Kansas State. What do, what do you remember about him? What stands out about him from that time? I, I got a saying, just what you see now. I got a big time saying about people. They don't change, they just get older. 
and think of your buddies back in college, and you run into them 15 years later. They hadn't changed. They're just older. Brent was like this. He loved football. He couldn't wait to go to practice. He was a ball of energy all the time, wanted everyone else to do, be, be just like that, was a leader, captain on our team, you know, and I, I was very adamant that as soon as he was finished playing, you need to be here and be a, a grad assistant with us. I mean, he's the perfect coach. And then I had conversations with Coach Snyder that when we had a uh, Jim Levitt was leaving, there's a million guys that wanted to come that have 10 and 15, 20 years more experience than Brent. I said, Coach, but nobody knows our system more like Brent, and nobody's more like us than Brent. And Coach Snyder and I, after talking about it, because I was still going to remain there, and we, we hired him, you know, Coach Snyder did as a full-time linebacker coach. And then I went and a month or two later went and went to Florida. So I left him and Mike by themselves there to handle things. OK, let's go Ryan Aber, left side. Yeah, Bob, you talked about the, uh, the, the way Brent is in practice and, and games and things like that. How much will he be involved in these practices? Uh, he won't be. He's just going to observe. That's not fair to guys or same with Coach Levy to come in and try and intermix with what we're already doing. And you don't want to start that way. So uh, he'll just observe and watch, you know, get a feel for the, you know, how the guys play and, you know, that kind of thing, which is great. And then for you, what's it like or, or more what will it be like since you just had one, one practice to uh, get a chance to coach some of these guys that you recruited but never played for you? Yeah, I don't, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, there's a good number of them. So, um, you know, but I'm looking forward to working with all of them. You know, hopefully we can, you know, do well and have success. And hopefully we'll have some great preparation here coming here at the end of the week. Give them a little break and then we'll start back, you know, here in San Antonio. Okay, time for one more. Eric Bailey, back right. Uh, I wanted to ask you, talk about getting older. You're the same person. Brent was so passionate on the sidelines during games here. We see it at Clemson. Do you expect him as a head coach to still just have that fiery attitude, that fiery passion? And do you think there's a big need for a get-back coach now with, with what he's going to be doing? Oh, there's he'll, he's not going to change. So you know you know that's going to be him, and, and that's great. It'll spread and infect our team as well. Um, I sent him a picture of uh, Carla Kolak, who's married to Scott Kolak, our strength coach. Carla was my GA at Florida. And she came here once we got the job here and met Scott here. So she, she had come from Florida, asked me if there was any room. And I said, Carla, we got room for you. Come on. But I sent Brent. Someone had a picture of get back coach. And I said, I was the original one. Carla was pulling me by the cord off of the uh, swamp field uh, down at Florida. So, uh, but anyway, uh, we may need a get back coach. I, I don't know who's going to pull the head coach off, though. He may swat him, swat him away. And, of course, as we mentioned, the huddle reloaded. You heard it live Tuesday night from Rudy's. We bring it to you on this Friday morning uninterrupted as we get you ready for, I guess you could say, counting down to game week. The Sooners will leave on Christmas Eve to head down to San Antonio for the Alamo Bowl. Let's break it down with Gabe Eichert and the huddle reloaded. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. Mm. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, 
you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. And his resume is complete. He's waited his entire career patiently for the right head coaching job. All the great coaches who it seems all names start with a B. Could not be more proud to have him as our new coach. Welcome home. All, all my big bros from the past, Curtis Lawford, Rufus Alexander, you got Teddy Lehman, you have, you have that track record, coach. You have those guys that I look up to, those big bros for me, that have already said you are the guy. You have these guys up here who have already said you are the guy. You have this family that you keep talking about that says you are the guy. And so now it's time to go to work. It's time to go to work. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my absolute proudest honor to be able to introduce to you for the first time your new head football coach Brent Venables and I want to tell you guys here right now how thankful grateful and appreciative I am of you and to be your head football coach now taking uh, the lead and, and uh also taking it through one of the biggest transition in the history of college football, taking Oklahoma from the Big 12 to the SEC. You've got your guy to take you on this journey. We're gonna find every way possible, every means possible to serve your heart, not your talent. That's real. That's relational, not transactional. We will employ an exciting, fast, explosive, and diverse offense combined with a physical, punishing, relentless, suffocating defense. I just want to, want to uh, express my sincere gratitude okay, and appreciation for being here today, but trust me, it gets better. Boomer. On the Sooner Sports Network, from Learfield. Breaks a tackle, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Oh, mama! This is the Bud Light OU Huddle, presented by Bud Light. It's for the fans. The OU Huddle is also brought to you by Homeland Grocery, locally owned by our employees. Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in real Texas barbecue. Riverwind Casino, still the one. And by Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. This is the Bud Light OU Huddle. What a crowd. What a crowd. Brent Venables has us ready to run through a wall, does he not? Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome inside the huddle presented by Bud Light. We are live from Ludi, uh, Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. We got a capacity crowd here tonight because Bob Stoops is coming on with us in hour number two. Are you going to stick around for a little bit? or I, I got a six-month-old kid at home playing. <laughs> I think that's a big no from I, that perspective. Uh, right? I, I think Caroline's going to be like, no, you're coming home. And uh, we'll see who else might drop by here tonight. But for the next hour, Gabe and I are going to talk all things from Brent Venable's hiring to signing day, which is coming up tomorrow as this show tapes and drops on a Tuesday night. And, of course, the Alamo Bowl, as always, our opening segment is presented by Noble McIntyre with McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all your personal injury needs. So the last time we were here at Rudy's was the Tuesday before Bedlam. 
a few things have changed. Is that just a, <laughs> just a couple? A couple of things have changed, and of course, one of those is that we have ourselves a new head football coach in Brent Venables. Gabe, you were on the roster uh, in uh, well, gosh, for the final two, three years that Brent Venables was here at Oklahoma. You went up against those defenses every single day in practice, and he would try to confuse the center and do all that madness that Coach V does. How excited are you to see this man running the Sooner off uh, the Sooner uh, attack? Period. Yeah, I, I'm thrilled. Uh, first and foremost, I'm, I'm happy for Brent Venables. This is a guy that's worked extremely hard to set himself up to be in this position. And I, I thought it when he was our defensive coordinator and, and clearly after you know the last decade at Clemson, the success that those teams he's been a part of have had, and especially those defenses, I think he's one of the best defensive minds in college football in the last two decades. And I, I don't think that uh, is an exaggeration. He has been, he's been excellent. And the one thing that anyone that was part of a team that BV was part of will tell you is the man has juice. <laughs> I think we've All learned that. All the time. <laughs> it doesn't matter if things are going well, if things are going poorly. He's the same guy all the time, the intensity, the energy, but he also, he, he cares about his players. And one great example of that, and you heard him kind of in that open talking about, you know, relational instead of transactional. And he's talking about the relationship he has and wants to have with his players. I hadn't seen Brent Venables in 10 years, 10 years. And you know, a bunch of former players came for his introductory event and someone just grabs me from the shoulders from behind <laughs> and starts shaking. I'm like, what the? And it's Brent. Hey, Gabe, how are you, man? How's your family? How's it going? First of all, how do you recognize you minus I, the 60 well, pounds? Well, you got to remember when, when I first got to OU, I looked like this. <laughs> that was before the expansion, the expansion. <laughs> So BV knew me more in this mold gotcha, before gotcha, I gotcha. I uh, got a little bigger. <laughs> so, it, but it was it was one of those things, you know. I, I, Teddy and I were walking along with him, and he bullied me into getting into that social media video. I wasn't gonna say no to the man, but I mean, I had a five minute conversation where he just asked me about what I'm doing, what I'm up to, you know, how my family is. And it's been 10 years, man. And wow. I didn't even play defense. That's right. And, you know, it's it's interesting because when he says it, you feel as though he means it, right? You don't feel like it's a hashtag. It's not a pitch. It's a guy that you know he means it. And what he's saying, he believes it. Brent Venables has a gift to make whoever he is talking to. And, and I've heard a bunch of people say this, and it's true. He makes whoever he is talking to feel like they are the most important person in the world. That's awesome. And I think it's genuine, right? I, in fact, I know it's genuine. It's not some actor, some type of recruiting tool. It is it's just who he is. And I, I'm, I'm extremely happy for the fans of this program, for the players, the current players, the future players, that they get to play for this man because he's going to bring the juice 
and he's going to put every ounce of himself into his players and into the program. And he also wants to be here. That's right. Which That's is right. important. <laughs> he wants to be here. That's a pretty strong assessment of the Brent Venables mindset and style. And I think we've seen it on display and not just the press conferences, but, you know, you see the videos of him just walking in and taking stock of a completely different Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium than when he was here. But, you know, obviously, just so we're clear, we can't talk about individuals who are going to sign but when you hear the buzz leading up to signing day what two. What can't we talk about? We need to lay that out. So we can't yes. talk about recruits. Right. Just so we're clear. So, so you don't they're get like, mad. why aren't you talking about those kids by name? Well, we can't, can't do yet. that. I'm can't sorry. Yet. Don't want to risk those guys we, getting to play for us. We for can certain. talk about Jeff Lebby. That's right. Ted Roof. That's right. And then the offensive coaches that are staying. Correct. Anyone else? Let's not risk getting in trouble We can't tonight. talk about them until they are officially announced. Boy, that would be my luck. It's like, so Plank mentioned the Eichard kid, so now he can't sign here. And all of a sudden, it'd be my luck that I cost us well, a guy. Uh, uh, We're good to go there. That, that may have worked back in 09. <laughs> a lot of people thought I wasn't going to play here anyways. But you did, and hey. won the Warfield Trophy, and two-time captain as well. well just keep it coming. Take Come that, on. doubters. Take that. Now, uh, we're going to talk a lot about Brent Venables throughout this show tonight, but we do have an Alamo Bowl that this team is going to play and December 29th is coming fast and furious. Now, Bob Stoops is going to join us a little bit later on, but Gabe, since we last all came together here at Rudy's, Bob Stoops not only was inducted into the Hall of Fame, but then the day after he was inducted into the Hall of Fame was out on the practice field, making sure that this team was getting prepared for its bowl game. He was on jets flying across the country to talk to recruits. I don't know if we can say enough about what Bob Stoops did for this program and still is doing to this day. It's incredible. That's my coach, man. Yep. That's it. And he he's always said he puts the program ahead of everything else. And he said that to us as players, right? The program was always bigger than one guy. And he always included himself in that. One of the coolest things I've seen in a while was, right, it, let, let's be real, man. Fan base, everyone a little blindsided by what happened with Lincoln, right? Mm -hmm. And you look at you look at how Bob stepped up to the plate and came out in that press conference and just kind of calmed us all down. You know, we were panicking a little bit. It was only natural, right? A with, bit. with everything <laughs> that had just happened. And for Bob Stoops to come out there and, and say the things that he did, I know it calmed me down a little bit. And, and I think it meant a lot to the fans, meant a lot to the current players, meant a lot to the recruits that we're planning on signing here. We'll, we'll sign here tomorrow. So his role, I mean, it just can't be overstated. What a, what a selfless performance by Coach Stoops. And that, that's always the guy he's been. But to step up like that when this program needed him, when this community needed him to kind of just calm everything down it was man it was clutch and it was much needed yeah it, you know it's wild because I, I was just putting together some different thoughts for this show and some different things we're going to get into but those were nine crazy days in november right from a challenging loss in bedlam to losing your coach the next day to Re then Remember when we all were complaining about Trayvon West not getting that pass interference call at the end of Bedlam? <laughs> it seems like it was a month ago. It was like a year ago, man. <laughs> 
I mean, it's been it's been a wild ride, and probably the only thing more rare than Oklahoma have a he- having a head coaching change is the fact that Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. That doesn't happen so, very often. Now, credit to the often. Cowboys. They, <laughs> heck of a football team this season. Deserved to win the game. I'm not saying they didn't, but just doesn't happen yeah, very not, often. not very often. Just saying. Not, not very often. By the way, we are going to get into the Big 12 bowl picture and dive into some of the games to preview. But uh, because I wanted to hit all three here in our opening seven, we talked about Coach Venables. We talked about Bob Stoops. But let's get into the Alamo Bowl. Listen, we're going to spend the next 40 minutes of this show getting ready for Oregon, talking a little bit about the Ducks, but gave a very challenging bowl game to get ready for because you have two teams who have both gone through coaching changes. Yeah, it's going to be really weird. Really weird. Really, really weird. You also have guys that are opting out for both teams, which is a little new for Oklahoma. That's right. Remember, because this this group is is used to playing in the college football playoffs, so this hasn't really been an issue around here and you're seeing some of our most productive most talented players especially on the defensive side of the ball opt to not play in this football game and not going to judge those guys you got to you got to make the best decision for your future and you know when you when you've got money on the table and there's money to be made at the next level in the National Football League I, I know those weren't easy decisions for those guys then you got a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau who is might be number one might be number one I'm kind of glad he's not playing, <laughs> right? Because the, the objective is for the Sooners to go win this football game in San Antonio, and Oregon's not going to have their best player. So you look at how Mario Cristobal left Oregon, how Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma. You got Coach Stoops taking over. Everyone thought Joe Moorhead was going to take over at Oregon. Now he's going to Akron. Akron. I mean, you just got a lot of moving pieces Heading into this football game, it's going to be one of the more bizarre bowl games that we have seen. It really is because of the new age of opting out and all this stuff. And now the early signing period creating these situations where coaches leave a little earlier than maybe they used to. It's just it's going to be weird all around. But let's embrace the weird people. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. When we come back, we'll talk about the Alamo Bowl. You're inside the huddle. Our opening segment is always brought to you by McIntyre Law the law firm you should turn to for all your personal injury needs. What a crowd here tonight at Rudy's. You're watching the Sooner Huddle presented by Bud Light. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Health and Anheuser-Busch. And our community partners, Fowler Auto Group, OU Health, OGND, and Coca-Cola. Sooner Sports TV is brought to you by the best place to gear up for game day is shop.soonersports.com. Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. Bud Light, it's for the fans. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in real Texas barbecue. Homeland, your homegrown advantage. Proud sponsor of Sooner Athletics, Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. How does this sound to your ears? Brent Venables, head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah, it's, I, it's, it's beyond my, it's really honestly beyond my comprehension. And uh, 
I love what I do. I mean, I'm so fortunate to wake up every day, and um, I'm passionate about it. I really have deep passion and love for my job. It doesn't seem like work um, when you love what you do. And uh, to have the opportunity to, to the first time I get to lead a program uh, at Oklahoma, are you kidding me? It doesn't get any better than this. It really doesn't. Coach, we love you. Do you love Brent Venables, Sooner Nation? Welcome home. But that uh, nine crazy days in November. I've said it a lot. Did, from, from did we miss the clap thing? Oh, welcome don't we back. Do the clap? Yeah. Welcome back. Let's go. I don't know. It felt weird. I needed it. Sorry. I'm sorry. So I think I caught Drake by surprise. I'm, I'm not used to people actually paying attention to me. I, I pay attention to you. I, I live in a house with my wife and my two daughters and my son. They couldn't care less what I have Let, to say. Let's not so. talk. Let's talk more about you. Yeah. No. I'm good. I'm good. Welcome back to the <laughs> Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Brought to you by Bud Light. Bob Stoops is going to join Teddy and I coming up a little bit later on in hour number two. But you heard that there from Brent Venables, and we talked about it a lot in the open. But the nine days, right, Bedlam to the, uh, the frustration of Sunday and seeing Lincoln leave, to the reassurance from Bob Stoops on Monday, to a lot of us maybe living on Twitter a little bit too much on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday. And then suddenly over the weekend, you watch the Big 12 championship game, and you start hearing a little buzz, and then that following Sunday, boom, the jet lands at Westheimer, and it is a party. That was unbelievable to see. That was that was OU football fandom right there. Yeah. I mean, and I, I know when when Lincoln decided that he was taking the USC job, right, we, we saw a very intense reaction from the fan base. And and we saw an even more intense reaction when Brent Venables landed. <laughs> and it just, it's a great reminder of how much football means here and, and what OU football means in the city of Norman and it means in the state of Oklahoma and it means to all the OU fans and OU alums across the country and across the world. I mean, for a lot of people, myself included, <laughs> it's faith, family, OU football. Those you you are, got an amen. No, oh, let's preach. Preach, Kate. <laughs> but that's just, it's just the truth. And uh, I, I felt like our OU football family, we went through this traumatic event together and we came out on the other side closer than I can remember, man. Preach. And that is, it, it's really cool to see. I feel like there's a, there's a new energy around the program. There's a new energy amongst the fan base and I've got people that I haven't talked to in years texting me, asking me who the next coach is going to be, like all these things. Like it, it brought some people that maybe had kind of faded away from fandom a little bit back into the fold. And I, I feel like more OU fans are as invested as they've ever been in this program. And, and the really cool part about it is that this fan base is fired up and they're going to throw all that support behind the players and behind Brent Venables. And I, I cannot wait. I know it's a long way from week one next season, but I can't wait to see what it looks like. It's going to be awesome. Listen, we got a basketball season we're in the midst of. We got softball and baseball coming up. But I'm okay if we want to play a football game this Saturday. You know, just uh, open, up, open up the stadium, see that Brent Venables energy out there. Because I think we're all excited now, Gabe. You're right. There's this newfound energy 
Um, we're all pals again. If you fought on Twitter during the season, you came back together with a little group hug because we went through some stuff and felt like we came out better. It was it, it was very similar to like a fight within a family. It's like <laughs> everyone was piling on all of like they were just piling on OU. It's like when someone's making fun of your brother, you're like, hey, wait a minute. I can make fun of my brother. You cannot. <laughs> and that's how it felt. And it and once we we were able to convince Coach Venables to come be the head football coach here at Oklahoma, I just felt like the fan base collectively breathed the sigh of relief. Yeah. And it's it was really cool to see just us go through that roller coaster ride together. It's awesome. It's a great way to put it. And listen, we're going to talk about the bowl games coming up here in just a bit, but I wanted to get two more kind of technical things out of the way, just from your perspective. Now, again, you're an offensive player. Brent Venables was a defensive coach. But can we try to maybe guess what a Brent Venables practice might look like? Oh, okay. That reaction pretty much says it It's going to be different. <laughs> different. It, it's going to be different. And, you know, I, I think the last couple years – especially within the season, uh, sometimes they had gone away from some of the more physical parts of practice, right? And, right. and it's, it's happening throughout college football. But it didn't happen at Alabama. And it didn't happen at Georgia. Right. And I know how they practice at Clemson. <laughs> it is going to be a physical, physical practice and there is a big difference between having a defensive-minded head coach especially one that in all likelihood is going to run the defense and having an offensive-minded head coach that runs the offense right you're not leaving the practice field until the defense gets something right <laughs> you won't leave on a positive note for the offense <laughs> it's just not how it works so it there are definitely going to be different things emphasized, and I expect the intensity of Oklahoma's practice to be at a higher level more consistently. And then the other kind of house-cleaning note is maybe the question that is asked the most, right, and that is what can we expect from Jeff Levy's offense? Of course, it became official. Uh, we haven't really had a chance to talk about Coach Levy much, a guy who played here. Uh, who has a history here at Oklahoma, Teddy Lehman, who's coming up with us in our second hour, uh, big-time fan. Played with him, I believe, and was around him a lot. A lot of his buddies coached with him. But I've watched the video of him laying out how you're supposed to <laughs> hand off the football or how the RPO is going to look like a thousand times on Twitter. He seems very detail-oriented. Uh, they, they go fast. They go Ricky Bobby fast with their offense. If you watched Ole Miss and the old Baylor's uh, team, they can move but what can Sooner fans expect from Jeff Levy's offense? This is weird because you think of that offensive system and everyone thinks of them throwing the ball all over the yard and playing with tempo. He wants to run the ball, man. Ole Miss ran the football more than any other team in the SEC this wow. season. He wants to run the football. Power run game. And a little more diverse with the run concepts that he wants to implement. He, he's got zone things. I think he's a really good – I went kind of down a Levy – I like it. I Levy like it. rabbit hole <laughs> earlier this week just watching some of the scheme things they were doing in some of their big games this season. 
man, he'll he'll pull out pin pull stuff, zone concepts, gap concepts, a lot of RPO things. You know, the the running back is going to have the ball in his belly a lot, and it makes things look very similar all the time for the defense, and that puts the defense in a really tough spot. He's going to want to throw the football, play with tempo, and then they're going to push the ball down the field. That is, that is something that they have been very good at. And you look at what his offenses have done the last couple of years at Ole Miss, it's two top five offenses. Two. And you go back to what he did at UCF. They're in the top five. Yeah. I mean, the guy, the guy was the hottest offensive coordinator in the country for a reason. Oklahoma was not the only school after this man. Oklahoma was not the only school trying to make this guy one of, if not the highest paid offense coordinator in the country. A lot of people wanted him. But the cool thing, he wanted to be here. That's awesome. He wanted to be here. And now you look at Brent Venables leading the defense, Jeff Levy leading the offense. Some would say we may have upgraded. <laughs> I think some, the crowd here agrees. Some would. Some. Some would. I will say this. Uh, I saw Meredith Beanbow today, Bill Beanbow's wife, and I hugged her. I told her. you you weren't going anywhere. <laughs> I hugged her My like guy. I just saw a long-lost friend. It's like, you're here. We're so happy that Coach Beanbow's still here. Kale Gundy, DeMarco Murray, Joe John Finley, the offensive well, crew still in place. There, there was no way Kale was going anywhere. The guy's been here forever. <laughs> I mean, these kids. There's no way. Exactly. The only place he might go is to be the analyst on the softball broadcast with me. All right. When we come back inside Rudy's, we're going to talk about the Big 12 Bowl matchups and go more in-depth on the Alamo Bowl live on the huddle. Sooner Sports TV is brought to you by Riverwind Casino. Still the one. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside of the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the Varsity Network app and listen free. Welcome back inside the huddle. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue brought to you by Bud Light. Whenever there's a Sooner game to watch, there is a Bud Light there with Gabe Eichert. I'm Chris Plank. I, in my excitement to finally get to do this show with you, I failed to mention Toby's out. He'll be back when the coaches' shows move to Thursdays. This is our final Tuesday coaches' show, depending on when you consume this, either on Valley Sports Oklahoma, Soonersports.tv, or the Sooner Sports Podcast, where you can subscribe at Soonersports.com slash podcast. Yes, after the Turn of the calendar, Ginny Baranchek, who, by the way, Ginny Baranchek's team, incredible. They are uh, uh, one loss this year, about to be ranked. And, of course, Porter Mo uh, Moser heard him talk earlier today, coming off the big win over Arkansas on Saturday inside big, the BOK. Big so, win. That, that was a beatdown. They took care of him in the second That half, was fun they? to watch, man. There's there a chance. There's a chance. Arkansas went on a little run, I think, what, like a 9-0 run to start the second half, and then it was all Sooners the rest of the way. Dominant. In the last 10 minutes of that game by the Sooners. It helps when Fun you shoot like 60% from three. But we'll be shifting to Thursdays for the, the huddle and, of course, Sooner Sports Talk. And Bob Stoops is coming up with Teddy and I in the next hour. All right, Gabe, it's time for the Big 12 Report presented by Ken Cage Coach Lines. Our focus is still on the Big 12 in the college football season and bowl season. Now, this here's a wild note for you. 
There are more college football bowl games this Saturday than there are on January 1st. Makes zero sense whatsoever. And every bowl game this weekend is terrible. But none of them are Big 12 bowl games, which gets things started with the Liberty Bowl, Mississippi State, and Texas Tech. No, no ties there, right? Nothing with Mike Leach going up against Texas Mike Tech. Leach is coming for his $2.5 million. He still thinks they owe him. What? what, what He's he coming for it, play. Will say? Rogers is going to throw it 100 times in this game. He, he He's going to try to score 1,000 <laughs> points on Texas Tech. He said something along the lines of hopefully they'll bring their checkbooks or they'll bring my check. I mean, that, he's still mad about I, it. I would be mad, too, if I felt someone owed me $2.5 million and they hadn't paid me. Uh, yeah, that, I'd be that's upset. A good point. That's a good point. So Mississippi State and Texas Tech. Meanwhile, um, seems kind of odd to see Clemson playing this early of a bowl game. But they ended up having a nice rally to their season. Clemson and Iowa State coming up on the day of the Alamo Bowl. How about that in the Cheez-It Bowl? Yeah, that's going to be going to be a bowl that kind of leads into the Sooners game, yeah, which is. is which is pretty fun. Now, clearly, a lot has changed at Clemson, right? Uh, Tony Elliott moved on. Brent Venables moved on. You lose your offensive and defense coordinator if you're Dabo. I know we promoted today from within uh, to keep some continuity there but just a weird situation for that football team and then Iowa State interesting had yeah. a couple guys jump into the portal including Aishim Young their best defensive back it's it's going to be interesting to see what guys don't play for Iowa State because you got to assume Brees Hall on uh, on some of those NFL mock drafts a lot of people have him as the first running back off the board. So you, you wonder if he, he, he is even going to go in that game. I messed up the if we were going by date in which they played because the Mississippi State Tech Liberty Bowl is actually on the same day as the guaranteed rate bowl. Late night game. Get your nap in from Arizona. 9-15 kick for Neil Brown in West Virginia versus P.J. Fleck in Minnesota. Yeah, Two guys you, with different kinds of energy. Right, right? and yeah, th there's no <laughs> doubt. But Minnesota, that defense has kind of flown under the radar this season. They got one of the best defenses in the country, and it'll probably come down to what team can run the football. The Mountaineers have been okay this year when they've gotten Letty Brown going. That's opened some things up in the passing game for Jarrett Dagey. But I, I expect the Gophers – to win that game because I, I think they have the best defense in that one and I I just don't trust Deggie to get it done. I just don't. And then uh, two more quick Big 12 Bowl games to talk about before we dive into a little bit more on the Alamo Bowl. Oklahoma State and Notre Dame will play on January 1 in the Fiesta Bowl, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Jim Knowles is gone, the Oklahoma State defensive coordinator and Obviously, Mike Gundy was pretty outspoken. They did everything they could to keep him. Notre Dame's got Marcus Freeman now as their head coach, a new mindset. It's going to be a unique bowl game on January 1. Yeah. Jim Knowles from one OSU to another. I, I That was unfortunate seeing the Cowboys lose him. I'm kidding. No, it wasn't. I'm glad he's gone. <laughs> he's really good. He's a really good defense coordinator. So, you, you look at this matchup, man, that is – that's one of my favorite bowl games of the entire slate because you got to imagine all those veteran guys from Oklahoma State are going to play in the football game. It, yeah. It's not like anyone on their team's got a first-round grade or anything like that. So that game's going to be extremely meaningful to them. And then on the Notre Dame side of things, Marcus Freeman has taken over. And it seems like 
with him running stuff on the defensive side of things, Tommy Reese st- staying there as the offensive coordinator. Seems like that that program's got some juice right now. Now, Kyron Williams, their star running back, and Kyle Hamilton, their best player on defense, their stud safety, both not going to play in that game. So that, that should be one of the better bowl games. I'd be surprised if that wasn't a good one. Fascinating Sugar Bowl matchup. Obviously, Jeff Levy will be with Oklahoma, not coaching in the Alamo Bowl yet, but Ole Miss will, I think Lane Kiffin said he's actually going to call plays for this game as Ole Miss takes on Baylor on January 1st in primetime. And speaking of offensive coordinators, you've been pretty consistent in how impressed you've been with what Jeff Grimes has done with that Baylor offense. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see who plays quarterback for the Bears, right? After the way that Blake Shapin looked in the Big 12 championship game, I don't know how healthy Gary Bohannon. You would assume that that hamstring is ready to go by now, but who knows? The fun thing, Levy's going to be coaching in that game, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. I forgot about that. You've got that offense versus Dave Aranda's defense. Sign me up. And a good little maybe uh, preview of what we might see. Matt Corral comes out and says he's going to play. In this bowl game, by the way, Matt Crow, Ole Miss quarterback, projected to be the top quarterback to go in the NFL draft, but we'll have Wait, plenty who, of time to go. Who was this quarterback draft. coach this year? That would be um, Jeff Levy, huh. who's now huh, all right. Kind of nice how that worked out for us, isn't it? But uh, Ole Miss and Baylor in the Sugar Bowl, and that's your Big 12 report, brought to you by Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Visit KincaidCoach.com for more information. I, I think I'm with you. I think I'm most intrigued by the Fiesta Bowl, but I can't wait to watch the matchups in the Sugar Bowl. Right? I mean, just to see Aranda v. Levy or Lane, however that's going to work out, I think that's going to be fun on New Year's Day. I, I think both of those games are going to be tremendous. Right? And, and mm-hmm. I know maybe leading up to that game, there will be a few players that say, hey, you know, too risky, can't play. You know, we're, we're starting to get used to that. Right? But you, you just look at those two matchups, man. It should be a lot of fun. And I, the, the fun part, is that I, I think both Big 12 teams can go win those games. I think so, too. I so, think so, too. Yeah, I am. I know that some people only get excited about the college football playoff. Now, I understand that, but those should be two really good football games in the Fiesta Bowl and the Sugar Bowl that will be very entertaining for us to watch. All right. You might say you missed a bowl game. You're right. We got to talk about the Alamo Bowl. What do we expect from Oregon? Gabe Eichard will give you his perspective next. You're watching the OU Huddle from Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, brought to you by Bud Light. Whenever there's a Sooner game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Sooner Sports TV is brought to you by the Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access radio pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. New episodes drop every day. Log on to Soonersports.com slash podcast or search Sooner Sports Podcast in your favorite podcast provider. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate and Riverwind Casino. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&D. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics Exclusively and the Oklahoma Healthcare Authority. Welcome back to the huddle. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue with Gabe Eichert. I'm Chris Plank. Teddy Lehman and Bob Stoops will join us for hour number two as we preview the Alamo Bowl. And Gabe, let's take a look at Oregon, we go behind enemy lines, presented by Riverwind, still the one, and 
Boy, they had a heck of a season going. Went and beat Ohio State in Columbus. In fact, I heard uh, I heard Coach Stoops talking about this, so we'll get his perspective on it. The big noon kick was there that day, and he saw Oregon beat Ohio State. And then Oregon went and lost to Stanford, and then they got bullied by Utah. Uh, and then, oh, by the way, Mario Cristobal leaves to take the Miami job. Still a heck of a season, 10-3. and three. They finished second in the Pac-12, and I was blown away to learn this was the seventh time these two teams have met. Should be seven, or excuse me, uh, eighth meeting between the two teams, excuse me. Should be 7-0 and oh between the two teams, just saying. That, does that Should. game still bother Coach Stoops at all? Bothers me. 6-1, uh, and one, OU leads the overall series. But you've studied a lot of this team, and it seems as if a lot of it starts for Oregon with their quarterback, Anthony Brown. There's no doubt. Uh, this is a guy that is extremely dangerous as a runner, uh, whether it's called QB run game or just making something happen in, in a scramble situation. He can fly, man. He, he can fly, and he is extremely athletic. Now, as a passer, he's shown some flashes of being really, really good, and then he's shown some lulls, man. I mean, just some... Like the Pac-12 championship game? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's confusing. He's a confusing player when it comes to his passing accuracy. That's not his strength. That, that is not his strength. And Oregon as a whole, offensively, Mario Cristobal's whole thing, remember, guy with uh, lineman background, mm -hmm. right? He wanted to build a bully at Oregon and, and push people around at the line of scrimmage with that physical offensive line. And they've done that at times. And then they played Utah. <laughs> and Utah did that to them twice in a couple weeks. And it, it, was, it was a little deflating for the Ducks. But still, this is a team that's got a lot of talent on the field. And there's no doubt. And one thing about it, a lot of young talent. You look at what Mario Cristobal has done from a recruiting perspective. I think three top ten classes in a row for them. And one thing about them. They've had a bunch of injuries this season. So I'm hoping they don't get any of those guys back for this game. But that is something you also got to keep an eye on. There's, a, for there's those other, the there's athleticism Anthony from Anthony Brown. <laughs> Showing off the speed that he has. He's, he, you mentioned he's had some games this year when you watch him and you think, man, this kid is special. Uh, but then again, there's been those moments where you're like, I wonder if he knows you know, where his receiver is supposed to be, if he's struggled with accuracy issues. But they... They definitely have built a bully, and one of the other impressive young guys that you talked about is their talented running back, Travis Dye. Yeah, Travis Dye, and remember, C.J. Verdell was the star back for them. Yeah. You know, going back to that win against Ohio State in the horseshoe, it, it was C.J. Verdell doing the damage, and you know he, he's one of the most talented backs in, in the country, but he goes out for the season, and all Travis Dye does is take over and rush for over 1,000 yards and 15 <laughs> touchdowns. Oh, hum. I mean, he is, he's a tough player. He catches the ball well out of the backfield. He's got really good contact balance. And, man, he plays hard. I mean, he runs with an attitude. So, Oregon's going to want to establish the run game, right? They're, they're going to test Oklahoma's defensive line, especially with the defensive linemen for Oklahoma that have decided not to play in this game, right? They're, they're going to think they have an advantage at the line of scrimmage. And it's going to be up to the Sooners defense to make sure Travis Dodd doesn't get going on the ground because he's a guy that can do some serious damage. He's a good player, man.
And you like uh, you like Devin Williams, too. They've got some talented weapons at receiver, and Williams is one of them. Well, he's hard to miss. He's huge. <laughs> I mean, you just look at this guy. He is, I mean, 6'5", long, athletic, and can run. Uh, you, you, you see a little run after the catch there, but this is a guy that can really threaten you with speed. And there you see the size, him going up double covered and high point in the football. He is a big athletic target for them that they utilize in every section of the field. He, he's a really nice player. He is one of the most impressive looking wide receivers in the country. I mean, the guy looks like a million bucks. And then on the defensive side of the football game, you talked about building a bully with that offensive line in Cristobal. Boy, uh, there is just this Sewell pipeline that continues to roll in talented players, and their linebacker knows Sewell's definitely one of them. Yeah, and you you talk. Uh, everyone talks about Kayvon Thibodeau, and rightfully so. I mean, he's going to be a top-five draft pick. He is a spectacular player that's not going to be playing in this game. But Noah Sewell, he is fantastic. I mean, this guy has tremendous instincts. He's physical. He's a good tackler in space. Like, he is, he's everything you want in the modern linebacker. Does a really, really nice job. And he is one of those guys that when you turn on the tape for Oregon, he's always in the frame. I mean, always. The guy just finds the football. I mean, he is the leading tackler on this team by a mile. Hey, he's fun to watch. He's, he's a really solid football player, young football player too. He has got an extremely bright future at the linebacker position for the Ducks. I know you've just started in your breakdowns, but Gabe, before we grab a timeout, looking behind enemy lines presented by Riverwind, still the one attacking defense. I mean, are they going to blitz you? Are they going to sit back and force you to That's make mistakes? The, the interesting part of this game on both sides for both teams You've had so much movement at the coaching positions. You're going to be doing a lot of guessing, <laughs> right? I mean, right. that's that's just the truth. So you can look at what they've done this season, but Coach Stoops and, and the rest of Oklahoma staff, they're going to have to kind of have a plan for everything, right? You, you know what they're going to do. They're not going to make drastic structural changes or anything like that to what they've been doing all season. But if you got a guy, a different guy calling plays, whether it's offensively or defensively, there's going to be some changes, right? So it is going to be one of those games for both sides where you're just going to have to make some adjustments on the fly <laughs> because you're going to see some stuff that maybe you haven't seen or they're going to do the, – the tendencies are going to change a little bit. So I guess the short answer is I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> but uh, we know that this team is preparing for just about anything. And, in fact, we're about 10 minutes away from talking to Bob Stoops here right on this set. Inside Rudy's. We'll take our final timeout, and when we come back, little over-unders and how we did during the season on the huddle from Rudy's, presented by Bud Light. Sports TV is brought to you by Bud Light. It's for the fans. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in real Texas barbecue. OU's football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. 
and our final segment inside the huddle. Let's go. Brought to you by Bud Light. That was almost sneaky enough. Almost. Can you believe all these people showed up for you? I Blake? know, right? Finally, Toby lets me do the show. Toby's you gone. Hey, You're in. Go. Man, look at the crowd. It's been a great crowd tonight. Bob Stoops is waiting in the wings. He's coming up next. We appreciate uh, everyone who came out tonight to celebrate OU football. I, I know we have over-unders to get to. I know we have our pick'ems. But, Gabe, for those – you brought it up earlier. It's almost as if this past week the family came together – Everyone had their, their group hug, and we're so excited about this, this new era of OU football. It's been awesome to see. I'm telling you, I have not felt an, in, an energy around this program like this in a long time. And I, I've been around yeah, here a while now. you can clap for it. Heck yeah. And it's, it's exciting. It, it, it's exciting to see the fan base, the current players, the former players, uh, the coaches. It, it's just exciting to see everyone this fired up about the future of Oklahoma football. And I, I know with what we went through a couple weeks ago that some of us, myself included, we weren't in a very good place for a little <laughs> bit. But now we're, we're all celebrating something that we love together, and, and we're all excited about moving forward. So it's it's been a lot of fun to see how, how together yeah. the OU football family feels right great. now. All right, over-unders, the last time we did this, 1-3, 17-31 on the season for over-unders. I obviously wasn't on that show. Um, so, there's I don't even remember the game, to be honest with you. I have no idea what Can happened. Can we just I think not I, talk I, about that I blacked that out game? since that game, so let's Those talk about the over-unders from this week. Uh, here's what we have going into the Alamo Bowl game. Over-under, two-and-a-half receptions for Drake Stoops. Ooh. So, I'm guessing the theory is that Bob is going to force feed right. his son the football. The <laughs> and I'm on board with it. Let's, Let's hammer go over. that over. We'll hammer the over. All right, over under 101.5 yards for Travis Dye, which is the average of his last five games. I, I'm i going to take the over. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> well, I mean, no Benito. That's right. No, no Perion Winfrey. No it's IT. Gonna be tough. Uh, over under one and a half sacks for Danny Stutzman, who has become a social media hero of sorts. Kid the last is week. fantastic. He one, is absolutely fantastic. Two he sacks is, in a bowl game? He has quickly need. become a fan favorite. Yeah. I'm going to go under. Okay. I think he gets one. I think he gets one coming on a blitz, but two's a lot. Two's for a lot linebacker. for linebacker, yeah. And then over under 99.5 yards for one Marvin Mims. Ooh, big breakout game for Marvin. He had a big. Uh, Orange Bowl, or not Orange Bowl, Cotton Bowl last year. So maybe. Has maybe. he, Has he? I mean, how many games has he gone over 100 yards not this many. season? I think just one. I mean, should, I, think, I want to take the over right. because Marvin Mims is one of our favorites. <laughs> He's our guy. We want to talk to him in post game. So Absolutely. Have him go over. So let's go over. Why All right. not? Quick picks in the bowl. These we records got, don't matter anyway. We got two minutes and 48 seconds left. The countdown clock, which was so scary when it said 65 minutes, now is scary because we only have two minutes. So let's hustle. Cheese it bowl, Clemson, Iowa State. I'm going to take Clemson. I just think they, they got a more talented roster. Fiesta Bowl, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame. I'm moving so quick on the graphics person. What do you They're think? They're so mad at me right now. What do you think? I mean, come on. We got to. Go with our Notre Dame. I can't even feels, say get in my conference, brother. I, I mean, out of my they're, they're going to be down a couple of really, really good players, right. right? That are choosing not to play, but 
Feels like they got some good energy yeah, around that program. Yeah, I'm taking got, the Fighting Irish in that one. I'm with you. Baylor, Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, we're all Ole Miss fans now since Levy's going to be calling we plays that game. we got to cheer for Levy, right? That's right. Um, Cotton Bowl is very interesting. Now, we can take a little time on the 14 playoffs here. Cincinnati versus Alabama. I'm very excited that Cincinnati made it. <laughs> but I think their fan base is about to figure out that they're not quite on Alabama's <laughs> level. And I... I don't anticipate that one going well okay. for the Bearcats. Now, I hope they prove me wrong because ultimately, I just want to be entertained. I want to watch, a good, watch game, a good game. But Bama mm. seems like they got it rolling a little bit. You you saw what they did to Georgia's defense, right? That's right. They look pretty good. And then finally, Orange Bowl, Georgia, Michigan. How you feeling? I think these teams are closer than people think. I agree. I I think that Michigan, especially you look at. Michigan's defensive line, uh, especially with Hutchinson and Ajabo on the edge, those guys are also really good at playing the run. And, and if Georgia can't assault Michigan with their run game and it comes down to Stetson Bennett dropping back and having to make some plays with his arm, I mean, he is capable, but then mm. Ajabo and Hutchinson get to rush the passer. I want to pick Michigan <laughs> because I feel like that loss for Georgia in the SEC championship game was so deflating. Yep. But I guess you just have to lean Georgia in yes, this you one. Have to. And it sets up the rematch. Big, big rematch between Georgia and Alabama. Will be fun, but I think I'd rather watch Bama Michigan. I think Bama Michigan is the call. Gabe, great stuff, man. That's Gabe Eichert, ladies and gentlemen. How awesome is he? How awesome is he? This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Sooner Sports Network. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.